Welcome to Up To and Including Death. My name is Patricia Gross. And I'm John Brewer. And my name might not be Patricia Gross for very long. Why is that, John? I don't know. Why would you want to change your name? <laughs> because we're getting married. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. This week I was pretty ticked <laughs> off. So it turns out that the Social Security Administration is closed for all appointments that involve name changes. Which I think is super sexist. Because most people that change their name are either getting married or divorced, and they're also women. Yeah, we, get, uh, we typically keep ours. Yeah, dudes typically keep theirs. I mean, there are, you know, people that change their names in the world that are not women. Yeah. But, but the vast majority of them are changing their last name. It's because they're getting married or divorced. And they are not open for this meeting. And all you have to do is just show them your documents and they give you a new card. It takes five minutes. And now I've got to mail in my driver's license and not have that for two weeks. Sounds fair. <laughs> so it's like, hey, you know, now that you're changing your name, you and you're participating in the patriarchy, you should just stay in the kitchen. Yeah. You yeah. don't need ID for anything. No. Why if would... you're barefoot and pregnant and standing in the kitchen, you don't need ID. But how am I going to transfer all my worldly possessions into your name if they don't oh, give me... Oh, they'll just believe me. I'm a man. Oh, okay, okay. I'm glad. It's good to hear. Well, if you haven't guessed yet, we are a horror movie review podcast, but not just horror movies. No. We'll dive into anything. Well, it, most things that are spooky. Yeah. And horrible. They have to be horrible and spooky. Yeah. And so, one, should we announce our exciting new venture that's going to uh, be released in about four weeks, I think? You mean the bonus pods? The bonus pods? Yeah. I think we might, uh, well, it's your expertise. You can take it on. So, I am very, very excited to announce, this is a pre-announcement of our future bonus pod. It should be coming out on Fridays. From starting in, I think, the the third week in June, probably. Somewhere around there. Um, and we're going to be reviewing the television show Supernatural from the beginning. Each episode. One to two episodes a week. I'm so excited. <laughs> now, yeah. you hadn't seen it until I made you watch some episodes. No, I had never watched an episode. And I... Some people might say that I am a fan of the I think, show. I think that would be putting it lightly. <laughs> I may or may not have a tattoo from the show on my body. And I have published multiple works on the television show. I don't think I've ever really fully explained that I'm a philosophy professor. No, I don't think you have either. You might have mentioned it. I've, I've mentioned being a philosopher in passing. And a professor in passing. Yeah, but my name is Professor Trish. And, and it's funny, considering Letterkenny, I have taught gender studies <laughs> and, of course, courses on feminism and things like that. That's one of my sub-disciplines. Yeah. But my heart of hearts, I am a philosopher of the television series Supernatural. And we're going to go on a journey, a marital journey together. Because we're not going to be filming that podcast until our honeymoon. Yeah, and I will be schooling you on the music. Oh, yes. So that's about it. John V... <laughs> Sorry, that's his nickname. <laughs> so John is a very big music dude. 
a nerd. A nerd, one might say, of all things music. He understands them. He knows the names of songs and the names of bands, which is a very important thing for watching Supernatural because if you get the DVDs that were published before they got rid of the cool songs, then which I've, I, of course, have, then you get to hear the really amazing music that is played. Yeah, they would make puns yes. with the songs that they would choose to play. Yes. I've only watched a few episodes here now. Mm. So this deep dive will be still pretty new to me. But. Yes, you get to watch some. So probably starting early on, you might start and, you know, we'll watch one or two a week. But then we'll hopefully after season two is over, we just start, you know, really giving deep dives into the episodes. Yeah, I'm super excited about this because it is my favorite show. And speaking of favorite things... Oh, nice segue. What are we doing this week? We, we promised the people another little game. What's our game? Um, it's our top five favorite comedy horror. Films. Okay. What counts as comedy horror? Ah, it's... I think it's pretty obvious. I mean, if it's so obvious, why can't you say what it is? It's... Well, horror movies are, in theory, all pretty darn serious. Versus... The ones, if you laugh more than three times in a horror movie, I, yeah. think, I think it's delved into comedy. <laughs> well, we have a list of five that may or may not be uh, coincidental, coincidental. I think no? I think we'll match a bunch. I think we'll coincide, I think is what I was trying to say. But yeah, I think we're going to match a bunch. I'm super looking forward to, uh, to going over this list. But first, a quick foray into Brewers Brews. What you got there, bud? Oh, I'm going cheap tonight. It's hams. It's hams. It's been around for a hundred years for a reason. It's delicious. <laughs> well, we received a very wonderful wedding gift, an early wedding present from my friend Greg and uh, his wife Allison. And they got us a wonderful Yeti, not Yeti, it's um igloo cooler. Yeah. But it's the one that's the fake Yeti. Yeah. That's what we put on the registry and that's what they got us. And now it is housing the, the booze. Yeah. And because of that, I got you a pack of hams, and you were very happy, right, John? Yes, it's my summer drink, mm -hmm. the 30-pack of hams. Yep, that's what I got you today. I'm drinking Rosé Bubbles by Dark Horse. Now, this is a new one, because I've been using a different one that's just called House Wine, which I think I prefer. But one of the things I'm getting to, into lately is canned wine. Yes. And, you know, John's not a fan of wine. Now, this particular, the Dark Horse Rosé Bubbly, it's a little darker in color than the House Wine uh, Rosé Bubbly, which I probably won't get to tonight, but maybe. Who knows? Who knows at the end of the film we're watching. Yeah, the night um, is so young. But let me take a little taste. So my only second taste. It's super sweet. It's not as dry as the other one, and it's not as bubbly as I would like it to be. But it is also alcoholic, and it's pink, so that's the two important things. <sighs> Of this thing. Okay, John, what is your... Uh, do you have yours ranked? Of course I do. Okay, so I did the homework correctly in the sense that my all five of mine are movies. Okay. But I haven't ranked them because it's like, you're trying to tell me what's my favorite child. <laughs> you know, that's not... It's hard. So I know what's not my favorite, so you get, give me your number five. Okay, my number five is This Is The End. I've never seen that. It is very, very funny. Yeah. Michael Sarah kind of steals the movie. <laughs> oh. Yeah, it's 
it's Michael Sarah being his most fragile Michael Sarah. <laughs> so fragile. And I find that so funny. And I I like Seth Rogen. So it's <laughs> it's one I enjoy. You know, I don't think I've ever seen those two in a movie together, so maybe I'll have to watch one that, that one day. My number five, and it kind of feels bad saying that's not one of the favorites, but it is top five, is Army of Darkness. That one is on my list as well. Which what number is it for you? It is number two. Oh yeah. Yes. Now, what's the second in that series? Evil Dead Two. The Evil Dead <laughs> Two. I I kind of went back and forth because I think the mm. Evil Dead Two was funnier. I don't think so. Really? I don't. I would cons- I w- wouldn't consider Evil Dead Two a comedy horror. Really? I don't. I mean, it's over the top, kind of like if you put Dead Alive. Yeah. In comedy horror, then I would be okay with it just because of over-the-top gore. But Army of Darkness has straight-up jokes. <laughs> it's pretty good. Like when he forgets the words to the incantation. <laughs> like when they're like, you better write this down, I'll remember it. And then he gets to the point where he needs to remember it, and he doesn't. And oh, just, it's so good. Oh. Have you seen the TV show? You mean Ash vs. the Evil yeah. Dead? I did not care for that very much. Really? I only watched a few episodes. But. I watched the first season or two. Um, my brothers got me hooked on it, and then I had to write a dissertation and stop watching all fun things. Well, now I know what your number two is. Should yes. I give my number four? I'll, I'll give my number four. Okay. We'll just re-ash. Ooh. My number four is Zombieland. Oh, honey, we watched that one together. We did. And Zombie... Well, we haven't watched Zombieland 2 yet. We have not. How have we not done that? I don't know. We're going to have to watch it soon. Now that we have, like, this podcast here to force us to watch movies, we should watch that. We should watch Zombieland We should put that on the list. list. Um, Zombieland is a fantastic movie. It is great. It is so funny. That's another one of those movies that I was like, this looks so dumb, but it is amazing. It's so fun. It is. It's a very fun movie. Double tap. Double tap. Exactly. That's true. (laughs) Uh, we're going quick this one okay yeah. let me try to pick my number four is what we do in the shadows have you okay. seen that I don't think I've made you watch I that I have one. not watched what we do in the shadows it, it have you seen have you seen a preview for it I do you know what it's about a little bit it's a zombie or not zombie of vampires correct yes it's vampires and they've got just some IT guy hanging out that's their friend that's well, helping them with the internet who wouldn't want an IT guy I know and so <laughs> The guy, it's it's got um, who's the fella that uh, that was the director of the uh, the Thor movie, the third Thor movie, oh, Ragnarok. I can't think of his name. You know who I'm talking about. I do, but will I you can't Google think it? Of his name. Yes, I will Google it. And so, in the you can also just Google what we do in the shadows. Oh yeah, yeah. I, I think that that'll be... be easier. You know, listener, I'm not great at homework. But then That's why I, the I give homework. Yeah, just click on the film in Jer- 2014. Clement? Yeah, he's one of the actors. So, that um, says directed by. Really? No way. Okay, so in it is Taiko ITT, who plays v- Viago. Hey, stop it. <laughs> so in it is Taiko ITT, who's one of the directors and writers. Jermaine Clement is writing partner. Of course, everyone knows who he, who he is. Do you not know who he is? I have no idea. So I don't know who any of these people are. So Stu is played by Stu Rutherford. And Stu is this guy that is a... He is 
as I like have a quote here, I work for a company that basically we take like business requirements from organizations and we like analyze those requirements and then we build software to fit those requirements. <laughs> and it's such a good thing because he's just basically hanging out with all these dangerous vampires. But in real life, he is like a big computer guy. And he has worked with Taika Waititi on things. And if I'm not mistaken, he was given a special thanks in Thor Ragnarok because he helped Taika Waititi come up with a brand new type of film and editing, which is, you know, in Thor Ragnarok, when the when the Valkyries are going in and they're moving, but everything else is not moving around them. Yeah. That was invented by Stu who is just actually their friend that is an IT guy that, that they sense. put in the movie. Anyway, what what we do in the shadows is very funny and will definitely make you watch it. it it's just very, very funny. Okay. Okay. You're, what's your next? My number three. I saw you looking at my list. Number three is Shaun of the Dead. Oh, that's my number one. Number one? I think Shaun of the Dead might also be my favorite movie. Oh, it's I between Shaun, Shaun of the Dead, Dead and um, what's the other one? Um, the uh, Hot Fuzz. Yes. Those are my two favorite movies, but Shaun of the Dead's my favorite. I, I think Shaun of the Dead goes down for me because it peaks so early. Mm-hmm. When they are throwing plates at the <laughs> zombie lady in the backyard at the beginning of the movie, yeah. I thought that was the funniest moment. I think it has a lot of heart because it's not a it's not a full on like it's a comedy. Yeah. Right, but it's full of heart. You have, like, the full hero's journey. Yeah, um, I don't care about the heart. I want the laughs and the scares. You want laughs and scares? I, I um, like... But it's a zombie rom-com. Yeah, but my, it's a zom rom-com. And so so it has the romance part of it in it. That's what I love about it. It has all three things. It was, like, the first one. Yeah, but my biggest laugh was when they thought it was just a drunk old lady in their yard and they're, like, frisbeeing plates at her face. <laughs> And that made me laugh so hard. Yeah. It's, and then it's kind of went downhill from there for me. I don't think so it it's... I mean, it's still a great movie all the way through. But just because that the laughs died out. When I lived in Japan, I would turn this movie on and just have it on in the background every day when I'd get home from work. I'd get home from work and I would turn on Shaun of the Dead and I would watch it, and then I would watch all of the um, then I'd watch all of the uh, like special features. And then I would have on loop the um, the background. What is it? Um, when the directors and stuff, the directors oh, commentary. The commentary. And then I watched all the directors commentary on Hot Fuzz as well, which is really fun. Uh, I recommend it heartily. But okay, that was my number one. Okay. Now I would say my number three and or my number two and three are pretty much similar. But I think my number three has got to be Cabin in the Woods. I think that's hilarious through and through. It's really funny, and I don't even know that there's even the it's it's like the circumstance that's so funny. The circumstance right. of Cabin Woods. Now we are watching Cabin in the Woods for this podcast in two weeks, I think. Well, that's perfect because I watched it when it first came out on DVD, and I do not remember it. We're at all. we're actually going to be watching it in a cabin in the woods yes. during our honeymoon. So we're that's the one we're recording during our honeymoon, and we're also going to begin our supernatural recording in a cabin in the woods together. It's going to be awesome. Yeah, it's yeah. going to be great. And I don't remember it, so I can't comment too much on the comedy <laughs> aspects of it. Yeah, yeah. Because I watched it once, and I don't remember it at all. Okay. I always mix it up with, um, what's the the uh, Outbreak-style movie in the woods in the cabin? 
oh, Cabin Fever. No, Cabin in the Woods is totally different. I know, I know but I, I always mix to it watch up it with, with you. Cabin Fever. Yeah, so. yeah, we'll have to have our own showing of it. Okay, what's well, next? We know my number two. Yes. Is Army of Darkness. Okay, and that, well, Cabin in the Woods was my number two. My number one. Is, that, I'm, I'm going to guess that it's, well, you said your number one was. Shaun of the Dead. Okay, my number two then. I guarantee, I'm, I'm almost positive that'll be my number one. Tucker and Dale versus Evil. That is very much my Oh my one. god. So Tucker and Dale versus Evil would be my number one if I, if I didn't love Shaun of the Dead for so long. But this movie, I have my students in college when they, I make them watch it in my ethics class. They have to watch it and then we read about, um, you know, the ethics of horror and the ethics of representation of... Um, of, of bloody violence and blah, blah, blah. And I have them read Augustine on the same topic. But really, it's because it's my favorite show or my favorite movie that has the best line ever when, when someone says, oh, my God, are you hurt? And he goes, no, it's just college kid blood. <laughs> <laughs> now, why is it your number one? It is the perfect horror comedy. Oh, yeah. The horror is done very, very well. Mm-hmm. It's... It, it is exactly like half Friday the 13th, half Shaun of the Dead melded into this perfect mix where the scares are scary, the comedy is hilarious. It is perfect. I would say that it, it is very difficult to do a comedy horror that's not like just slap shot and like, man, like just goofy the whole time. This one is a horror movie. That is also really funny. People are dying. People are dying comically, but it's also really scary. Yeah, it is. I don't think it can be ever be outdone. It is the perfect. It is so comedy. good. It makes me want to watch it right after we watch our movie that we're watching tonight. <laughs> I wouldn't. I've watched it a few times. So I've watched it so I many watch times. It a bunch more. I know where it's available because I just looked it up. You can uh, watch it on Vudu and Tubi and a lot of the ones that you could. You have to watch it with things, but. I don't know if I purchased it. I think I purchased it on Amazon Prime at some point. I know I've rented it before. I at this stage, we need to buy it because it's my one yeah. of my favorites. When I, when I watched it a whole bunch of times, it was just on Netflix. So I never even thought about buying mm-hmm. it because it was just always there. Yeah. I love it. I love it so much. And I can't wait to, to watch it again with you. I remember when it first came out, I was listening to Doug Loves Movies. And Leonard Moulton, who's a movie reviewer mm-hmm. came out and was raving about this little movie that nobody knew about yeah. you know wasn't a blockbuster and i'm like well if he cares this much about this movie i gotta watch it and that's it's another so little good. push for doug's loves movies doug loves movies yeah it's a great podcast yes john really likes that podcast i uh have been listening to my favorite podcast uh the my brother my brother and me and i just love those good good boys <laughs> i <laughs> I've been rewatching all of their podcasts from the beginning. I we read their we I read their book. Um, Everyone has a podcast about you before we started this podcast. Um, great book, uh, and I you know purchase all their other books. I do listen to the Adventure Zone, which I go back and forth of what's my favorite podcast from them, and they're just it's not horror, but that they just that's not in the realm of what they do. And bless their hearts for it. But I, I just love them. They're so good. Okay, so... Well, we're not competing with them, then. No. <laughs> I don't think any of the Macaroys do anything with horror. They're two good, good boys. They're good, good boys. Okay. Um, They do say some swears. Oh, no. I know. I know. <laughs> they talk a lot about horses. Okay, so now that I'm done, I'll throw my book 
to the side. What are we watching? Let me readjust to make some noise. What are we watching today? Well, we decided to go top of the list from IMDb. Yeah, I said last time I wanted to watch a good horror movie. (laughs) So the way one that's actually scary. The way I did this, instead of going to user reviews, just because there was so many movies at the top of the list that had like five reviews, Mm -hmm. so I went with the the critics, the Metacritic score. Okay. And Psycho is through the roof, a ninety-seven. Metascore. Now, have you seen like, this film before? I have seen this. Have you seen the other Psycho movies? I've with Anne Heche's butthole. No, have you seen? <laughs> no, I mean like there's like a Psycho two and a Psycho three. Oh, it's no. great. But they are that. horrible, and I love them. Was it Gus Van Zandt with Vince Vaughn did the shot by shot remake? <laughs> That's I have such not- a weird choice. Except I don't think a butthole is in this one. I don't think, no. You know the weirdest part about that remake is for me is that almost everything's shot by shot, but for some reason... So, Julianne Moore is the sister, plays the sister in this. And (laughs) she plays the sister, and everyone else is wearing almost identical clothes to the first movie, but Julianne Moore is in a hoodie and with, like, ear pods in, but she's not a disaffected teen in 1998. I'm pretty sure she was in her 30s in 1998. I don't know why they wanted her to look like a disaffected teen, but they did. And it was it was a really bizarre, bizarre choice to have her walking around with her earbuds in or, or her or her headphones on or whatever. I never felt the need to watch a shot-by-shot remake. I didn't realize in 1998 that it was a shot-by-shot remake. I'd seen Psycho. And I mean, again, in 1998, I was only... A baby chicken but i had seen psycho and i had a huge crush on um on vega mortensen oh okay who i heard i think my aunt actually knew him in high school out of this cast looking at he it he said the, he was very she said he was very dreamy i haven't seen this movie but looking at this cast i think william h macy would be the one i'd have a crush on <laughs> what an amazing actor william h macy william is. h macy i mean would then, you say that fargo is a horror movie no it's got some suspense. Some suspense, but definitely no horror. There's got to be, too, something you think, uh, another discussion for another day, a discussion of the nature of a thriller and how much they go into the horror. And, like, so for Psycho, in a lot of ways, it could be a thriller, but we all think of it as a horror movie, too. Yeah, I think I think it's the amount of blood. Interesting. I think if you have graphic murder in it, it crosses the line into horror. Would you say the Invisible Man 2020 version is a horror thriller or just a thriller? I would think that was a thriller. But there's a dude in a suit that's trying to kill her, that's making her go crazy. But I think in a horror movie, you have multiple murders, you have gore and bloodshed and... I'm trying to think, though, because we just watched a horror movie that did not have any murders at all. Oh, The Gate? Yeah. That is demons. It's true. That kind of... I think if it goes to supernatural... If you have a ghost or you have anything supernatural, it's horror. I think it goes to horror, yeah. But I guess a thriller, yeah. I think you just have tense... A tense subject that's in the realm of this world. Hmm. But, I mean, even something like... Like a thriller, if the murderer is a scary dude or something like that, it, it has to give you a certain amount of suspense. Yeah, and like have fear. you seen the fan? No, but I hear it's really good. I think that is the definition of a thriller. Okay, yeah. I I love the fan. What about misery? 
Misery, I would consider. Because it's kind of a horror. I would consider that a horror. I would consider that a horror. If Stephen King's name is involved. No, because he's involved in Shawshank. I think it's a horror because of the sledgehammer scene. Oh, yeah. I think that, that transcends things. I think that takes it into the gore category. So is it that it goes into a gore category, or does there have to be some kind of act of violence that I think, yeah, I creates think... that that shifts the ca- the the focus of the individual on like that sort of horrible that feeling of like you as you're watching it and you're scared as this person is getting his legs broken because it goes beyond suspense because the thing that you're afraid of happens. Yeah. Suspense is leading to that thing. Horror is when you go past. Hmm. When you go beyond this, what you're afraid of into this is all happening. Have you seen many horror movies or things that you thought were going to be horror movies that ended up not being horror movies? No, no. I felt that way about There Will Be Blood because I, for as a rule, I try not to watch previews unless I'm in a movie theater. Because previews now, they're two and a half minutes long and they tell you the plot of the entire movie. And so I went in, it says, it's called There Will Be Blood. All the little clips I saw of it were super spooky. And the music in it is as if it were a horror movie. So I kept waiting for some kind of oil monster to come out. And it turns out he was the monster all along. See, I didn't watch that movie. All I know about that movie is, I will drink your milkshake. Yeah, and that was like the whole thing where he was a bad guy. Anyway, Psycho, 1960, I saw that... I've seen it several times, but I'm looking forward to watching it again tonight. This is another one that I watched as a child, and that was it. Really? I don't think I've ever revisited this as an adult. I've watched this with my Nana and my Daddy Dick a couple times. What made me want to watch this even more, though, when I was thinking about it, was the Bates Motel show. Oh, yeah. With Vera Farmiga. They did that show so well. So I haven't seen that show... Because in my mind, I was thinking, well, I kind of know how it's going to end. But you don't. Okay. Well, you'll know how it ends, but it it goes like four seasons before it gets to that end. Mm. It's like the making of Norman Bates. You know, what's interesting is that the other Psycho movies, I can't remember if it's Psycho 2 or 3, when it comes out. It's not done by Alfred Hitchcock, of course, and but it does have the, what's the actor's name who plays Norman Bates? Anthony Perkins? Yes. Anthony Perkins is in it. And it's after he is released from prison and he's trying to be a good person and you can see him trying to stay away from people, but people keep getting on his butt and keep harassing him because he's the, you know, he's the psycho guy. Right. Yeah. And so he's literally been cured of his, of his psycho, psychopathy, psychopathy, but he is driven insane and has to kill again because of how people treat him. But yeah. anywho, okay. I have not watched any of the other Psycho movies. You stretch out. I'm sure that on the tomato meter, they're probably pretty low. Wow, oh. I just looked at that score. Are you going to tell them the score? This is an amazing. A 96% on the tomato meter and a 95% on the audience Oof. score. What is the score on IMDb? On IMDb for users, it is an 8.5 nice. out of 10. But the meta score is through the roof on this one. I mean, it, it's the it's a 97 out of 100. Yeah, so the it's, users, it's, again, were run... This is, I think, a really good um, metric to look at when we're thinking about horror movies. If Psycho is an 8.5, which it really should be like a 9.8 or something like that, that means that 
we're running against like a 1.7 differential but, with all horror movies on IMDb. But it makes me wonder the difference between IMDb and Rotten Tomatoes. When the users on IMDb give it an 8.7, but a 95% on Rotten Tomatoes. Maybe the IMDb users need to get their panties out of Maybe it. Maybe they're a little hoity-toity. Maybe we should be... Oh, whatever. For, for our IMDb score movies, we're going to go by Metacritic anyway. You know, IMDb is where the incel community came from anyway, so maybe we shouldn't trust them. Oh, I, I always went to IMDb because Doug Benson is DB. What? Doug Benson. He always says, I am DB. Oh. Because he is Doug Benson. <laughs> He's a database man. No, it's just his initials are DB. Okay, so do you want to share anything about this before we get going? Well, you already mentioned it was... Directed by Alfred Hitchcock. Mm-hmm. It's based on a novel from Robert Block. Mm-hmm. And it's Anthony Perkis, Janet Lee, who is Jamie Lee Curtis's mother. And she is not, very famously killed at the beginning of the movie. But not Sigourney Weaver's mother. Okay, Jamie Lee Curtis and Sigourney Weaver are very you John no. is showing me the different pictures. Yeah, Sig- Sigourney Weaver and Jamie Lee Curtis now look different. They have always looked different. Okay, whatever. They're all they're tall, beautiful women that are also in scary movies. They were in scary movies. I'll give you that. Yeah, Alien and Halloween. Yes, this film Psycho. Janet Lee was the big star, and she's on all of the advertising for it. And I guess we could go ahead and get started watching it. Yeah. And uh, and we'll be able to, to see things. Before we get started, John, do you want to tell the people how they can reach us? Oh, well, they can go directly to our website at Ooh. uptoandincludingdeath.com or on the socials at uptoandid, and that's what the number two. Mm. And we're available on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, though I haven't been as good at Instagram as I was on the others. Twitter is the number one place. We should make a kid do the Instagram. We should, because it's an audio podcast, and Instagram is a visual medium. <laughs> so, I mean, you could just put... What can I do? Just plop the logo on there and say, here's a new episode? Here's a new episode. Or maybe then, we can Instagram pictures of the garden that I just put up. We could do that, because that's scary? It's spooky. You know how scary aphids are? Oh, uh, maybe... During, I didn't put any marigolds in there to protect to October them. October and Halloween season, I'll have more stuff to take pictures of for. Okay. But, Twitter is probably the number one spot, the most active mm-hmm. place. Facebook as well. Okay. But we're available on Instagram in case you want to. Yeah. Your Instagram only. We do for have some an reason. email that they can reach us. Yes, and that is up to and including death at gmail.com. That two is not a two, it is T O. Yes. Which I think Same we probably should have discussed things before. Well, I made yeah. that email address. I should have put the two in there. But well, it's too we, late. We can steal. Maybe we can make another Gmail at some point. But. Yeah, at some point. We'll figure it out. But you can reach us directly at, at the social medias. Yeah. Or on the on the, on the the uh, homepage as well. If you go up to includingdeath.com, yeah. you get everything from there. And by us, mostly John, because I don't really do Twitter. <laughs> Oh, so yeah, I'm you'll reach Facebook. me. I'll share anything special. A lot them. of my friends liked us on Facebook. Yeah. Which makes me really happy. That's Anywho. Nice. Anywho, darling, let us begin. Are you ready to uh, enter the world of uh, psychotic children who are in love with their mothers? Sure. That sounds great. All right. I had to pause. We're very early in. How, how far are we in? 
I don't know how I can Oh, see no. We won't be able to tell how far we're in on this one because, John, uh, because how are we watching the film? Oh, uh, we're watching this one on DVD. It's on spool two. Yes. John has these mini, mini spools. John has many, many spools. <laughs> oh, oh, you're whispering <laughs> of DVDs uh, that we went through and cataloged. Yes. And by we, I mean John went through and cataloged around Christmas time this year. Um, and I came in with my own DVD collection, so he kind of went through to make sure we had the correct things and we knew where things are. So, sir, we can't tell you where this is, but we're very early on. And so I had to stop because many of you may know this if you've seen Psycho. But Janet Lee, the famous actress, she's the most one of them, I think she's the most famous actress in this whole film. Actress, yes. Yeah, and so she was the lady, and she is in a bra in the first scene, mm-hmm. and she is met very, a gentleman, very scandalous for a lunch with in his pants way over his belly button. His pants are over his belly button, but I think his pants are below his belly button because she was in a bra and a slip, and they're in a seedy motel having lunch but she didn't eat her lunch oh no no and she's trying to tell him that she can't be with him like this anymore and that it's just impossible and he's and he says oh i can come see you next week we could even go out in public she's like no we have to be respectable you could come over to my house and have dinner with me and when me and my sister will boil a steak for three yeah that sounds horrible boil a steak for three. Now, this is taking place in 1960. And you can start to hear the, the free love movement. Whispers. Whispering. Their 50s are so uptight. Free love. This movie has a lot of firsts. I don't think it's the first person in a bra, but it is the first toilet flush scene. Oh. Yeah, the first time a toilet has ever been shown in a movie and flushed in a movie. I was unaware of that. Hitchcock, yeah. like, breaking all the rules. Breaking all the rules, but... Boiling a steak for three is the most horrific thing I've heard in any horror movie. I've never boiled a steak, nor would I ever. Why? I mean, even broiling a steak doesn't make any sense. Well, broiling it's better than... It's better than boiling. I will grill a steak. Mm, We had grilled steak not too recently. No, very recently. (laughs) It was last week. Was it black and gold style? Black, black gold. Black gold steak. I recommend it. It's tasty. There's mm-hmm. still some in the fridge. Yes, and I will eat it. Mm. There's a burger in the fridge, too. I might eat that, too. All right, let's keep going. Okay, John, we're not very far. No, it's the next scene. It's literally. the next scene, but I wanted to, to pause because we paused in the middle of the scene between... <laughs> Keep thinking of that Anne Hayes' butthole song that you sang to me. But uh, what's her name? Juliet Lee? No, J- Janet Lee. She is trying to ask her fella to marry her, you know, because yeah. she loves him. And he flies in to see her on, quote, business trips. But, and he's flying out and she wants him to marry her and he won't because he's got to pay off his father's debts. And also to uh, pay alimony to his wife that lives who knows where. But it's not proper. They would live in an apartment behind a hardware store. Yeah, so they'd be living in an apartment across the hardware store. And what, would you want to lick the stamps? Yeah. Yeah. And so the thing is, I don't think that he actually wants to get married to her. 
What? Yeah, I think that this is a way for him to hook up with people and that live in oh. all the cities he goes to for work. Men don't lie. Men lie all the time. And if you are a young teen listening to this or in a 20-something, don't trust dudes that tell you that, oh, I just got to do this thing and then we could be a couple. Or a woman that tells you that too. Don't When people tell you that... The timing is not right, but they still want to hook up with you and stuff and basically be together with you and stop you from dating other people. They are never going to be your boyfriend or girlfriend or significant other. Never going to happen. They're just jerks. No comment. And they will always say, well, I told you from the beginning that I wasn't available. It's all lies. No comment. It's lying narcissist lies. No comment. I have a big old ring on my finger that tells yeah. me that you have some comments. No, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna bag on anybody else's game. Whatever they want to do is fine by them. I don't think it's fine. I think that people manipulate and prey on women, and so now Janet I think, Lee. I think it goes both ways. I think women manipulate and prey. No, on no, I sense. yeah, but Janet Lee's a lady in this, and so we're talking about that situation. But I think the manipulation goes all the way around. But Janet Lee is about to make a big mistake. Yeah, I think you do you. If you want a guy to be faithful and get married, then only allow that to happen. That's really hard when there's a bunch of liars everywhere. Well, then don't go with liars, because you don't want to be married to a liar. No, but how do you know they're a liar if they're lying to you? No, if you say flat out that I want a long-term relationship with just you, and if you can't make that commitment, then fuck off. Then they lie to you, and you think they're making that commitment, and then they hook up with a bunch of other people and don't tell you about it. I don't know. Oh, my God. Anyway, let's keep going. <laughs> Folks, Janet has switched to a black bra from a white bra. <gasps> Scandalous. And I think it represents what just happened. John, what? what's happened? Nothing. She's just helping out a bank tracks for her boss. So... She's got the deeds, or like, so it's clearly some type of real estate firm. This rich guy comes in and he's like creepily flirting with Janet. Uh, and and he's bought his 18 year old daughter a house for her wedding day. 18 years old. Mm-hmm. Janet Lee, in this movie, like, the whole thing is that she's not married. So I've got some math for you, my engineer fiance. Okay. Okay, 1960. Yes. Minus 1927. 33. Janet Lee is an old hag. She's a spinstress. She's an old maid, 33 years old, hasn't been married ever. She's not even divorced. This old hag hasn't been able to get married once. She's hooking up with dudes. Just dudes. Yeah, well. And like begging them to marry her. She's 33 unlovable, unmarriageable, and also I'm 35. Anyway. Wow, you hit the jackpot. You got I lucky. did. I got so lucky that you would marry such a spinster. You said yeah. you, but you do like old ladies, so. You're like, oh, I'll be, I'll take this charity case on. Huh? <laughs> you, <laughs> I mean, I guess it's like, yeah, four kids, I guess it's fine. <laughs> yeah. I love you. Anyway, love you so Janet Lee is a dirty old spinster. I mean, she's flipping amazingly gorgeous, of course. But 33. 33, and like when she comes back to the office from her bone boning, she gets in and her younger 
coworker keeps talking about her husband. And it's just a, a bunch of times. And then she... And, you know, Janet Lee's this old hag that lives with... Well, like, the spinster that lives with her sister. How pathetic is that? Not so pathetic. Boning dudes. And this old creepy guy is, like, asking her if she wants to go to Las Vegas. And the next scene, you see... And so she's... So basically, old creepy guy decides he's going to pay for this, like, building, this house, this $40,000 house... In Phoenix, Arizona. Yeah. Which, right now, that would get you nothing in Phoenix, Arizona. Not even a shack, I think. Uh, but $40,000 house in 1960. Well, I want to look at the uh, the rate of inflation. Okay. So, in 1960, $40,000 would now be $360,883.78. However, <laughs> however... The house inflation is different from the from the inflation of that. So I bet a forty thousand dollars house is probably like a four million dollars house now. Let's see if I can if I can convert that. Yeah. When. Well, it just comes up with the real value dollar. I think yeah. real estate is harder to gauge. It's harder to gauge, but you know, like back in the day, a five thousand dollars house was a really good house. You know what I mean? This is the problem when like. People talk about like, oh, I worked through through all through college in the summertime, and I was able to pay my tuition. But that was when tuition was like eight dollars, and they were able to pay it. But now it's like fifty thousand dollars to tuition. But anywho, John's trying to figure out the cost. But forty thousand dollars is about three hundred sixty thousand dollars now. It's it's like your whole new life, that amount of money, yeah. and she's been tasked with taking it directly to the bank. Now, when you heard that, you thought, what's wrong with keeping it in the safe? Okay. But would you want to keep $360,000 in a safe over the weekend? No. Um, yeah. I like that look at me as if like you Sorry, currently I have was... $360,000 in a safe, which we totally don't. The average home cost in 1960 in the city was 31000 Wow. So this was a above average house for sure. Okay. Would you but look you figure up... in the in the city now... A five hundred thousand dollar house. Look up, the, look not up crazy. the average home cost in Phoenix right now. Like, and this would be like okay. probably a house like back then would have had a yard and stuff like that. Okay. Whoop. In Phoenix. There we go. In average Phoenix. home in Phoenix right now. Housingmarket.com. Narita Real Estate. This is just three hundred and fifty thousand dollars. Okay. But that's probably taking account all the suburbs, right? Like, but like the same house in Phoenix from that particular house yeah, is probably got so like in the millions of dollars. It sounds now. like the rate of inflation worked out pretty yeah, well. Yeah, the rate so, of inflation works out pretty well. But I, I'm telling you, so you're coming up to half a million dollars at least around there. But the house would have been a really amazing gift for this 18 mm-hmm. year old child to become Can a homemaker. Imagine having a half a million dollar house at 18. I was living. I was actually living in my parents' attic when I was 18. <laughs> <laughs> like, I can't imagine. Now, I a half a million dollar house these days, it depends on where you are. Like, in, in like, New York, you'd get a tiny thing. A half a million house in Lorian, Michigan. Oh, there, one does not exist right now. One does not exist, but if it did, it would probably be an on Acres and Acres. block. It would be an entire block. By the way, in Calumet, Michigan, which is right next to us, we just had a tragedy. Yeah, that was a very large fire. It took out three buildings. It took out three buildings. It took out a, almost an entire block of our historic district. 
the fire department did a, and it was all the fire departments came up. Yeah, all volunteer fire departments. All volunteer, because that's all we have. They came up in the middle of the night to help. And the thing is that blaze was so hot that they had to stop it from spreading and also from hopping over. So these guys did the impossible because that fire was so hot it could have burned down the entire the entire downtown. Yeah. And so they did a phenomenal job stopping from that, that fire from spreading to the rest of the, the downtown area. So uh, shout out to all the volunteer fire departments up here. Yeah. Uh, man, I, the only ever time I see them together is on 4th of July. So it's nice. Or to fireman s- tournaments. Or fireman tournaments. We got to check that out. Okay, let's keep watching. Hey John. Yeah. Ooh. We've had a few uh, a few events occur. Oh, we have. Yeah. So Janet Lee decided it was a great plan to like. So she stole all this money. It seems that way. And she is drive leaving town, and sees her boss in the street. She happens to drive by him, and she sleeps on the side of the road. Yeah. And a cop finds her out. Yeah cops now is that a normal police officer behavior to be like all up her all up on her butt yes the entire time? i think it's a normal police behavior to be all up on your butt whenever they have the opportunity i mean he like sees her sleeping there is like well and she's like well officer have i done anything wrong he's like well no but Drugs. and then i have you done something wrong you're acting quite suspicious she's like well uh, well i haven't done anything wrong but she has done something wrong not yet no she's stolen the money well once she leaves town, the money is stolen. She's like... She might bring it to the... She might still bring it to the bank. No, th- she's like in the desert right now. She's crossed state lines. Because her plates are out-of-state plates. When she, yeah. cause, and the reason we know that is because she decided... Because the cop was following her. She decided to go switch out her car at a different place. But the cop is watching her the entire freaking time that she's switching out her car. And now she switched out her car. This cop's got a hard-on for her, so I guess we'll have to see what happens. She technically hasn't done anything wrong yet. Oh, she she stole money. It's the next day. She's stolen it. Well, she was supposed to bring it to the bank this morning. No, she's supposed to be bringing it to the bank tonight, that day. Yeah, it's still that day. No, it's not. It's a different day. I think the bank was closed then. Okay, fine. <laughs> Let's keep going. Hey, John. Hi. So we just got to, s- to see a lot of driving. Yeah. Janet's bought a new car. The windshield wipers are useless. They're very bad, and she is not great at driving at night. No. She's thinking about what people are saying. It's now Monday, and she's in her mind, she's running through what people are saying now that they've realized that the money's gone. Yeah. And she's laughing about it because that guy was a sexist piece of crap. Yeah, it's all smirks and smiles. Smirks and smiles, thinking about this fella that, like, oh, she tried to flirt with me, and blah, 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 and she worked for me for ten years, and blah, blah, blah. Yep, women. Can't trust them, and they always flirt with everybody. I'll flirt with you. Yeah, I know. John, but you can trust me, John. Oh, John. maybe I shouldn't. John, you can trust me, John. I grand in an envelope. Well, oh, you figured out. So she paid, she had a car... And did not negotiate. She wanted to get this car fast, right? She mm. wanted to switch out her cars fast. So she got a new car 
that she paid $700 for in cash as the difference between the values of the car. Yeah. And you looked up how much that is. It's over 6300 That's a lot of money. It is a lot of money. Her car seemed pretty nice, too. Yeah, her car was pretty nice and pretty new. And she replaced it with a car that is not as nice. Might be as nice. I guess it has, like, a strip on it. It's got some kind of, like... It looks fancy. It's a fancy car enough. She's like, that one's fine. Yeah. She just spent a lot of money. It makes me feel like she wouldn't be very good with $40,000. I think she's doing super well with $40,000. I mean, she's made it to... She hasn't eaten anything in a few days. Did you think she stopped? What did they have back then? I don't know, but she has a new car and $39,300. I guess so. And so she decided, though, last time she had got such a hassle for sleeping on the side of the road, she's going to treat herself to a motel. Bates Motel sounds nice. It does sound like a nice place, the Bates Motel. And she's just pulled into the office and let's keep going. I would stay in the Bates Motel. I would, too. Hi, John. Hi. There's been a scene of sandwich eating for quite a while in a room full of dead birds. Yes, well, he likes to stuff his birds. He likes to stuff birds, and he told her that she eats like a bird. Even though it's a fallacy. Even though he said he knows it's a fallacy. Birds eat, like, ten times their weight in food every day. Yeah, and so she has had to figure out where to hide her money. In the newspaper. She hid them the money inside a newspaper and put the newspaper by the bed. Yeah, because no one will ever throw out a day-old newspaper or anything. No, never, never. And so she's having this weird dinner in which... So she was supposed to have dinner at the Bates' house... And instead, she's now having dinner at the parlor, the creepy parlor in the hotel, and learning all about this guy's family and history. But you mentioned something earlier. This movie is two steps away from being a wonderful meet-cute where this 30-something woman who thought that what she wanted was this asshole guy that claims that he loves her, but obviously he doesn't. He's probably married to someone else or whatever. And she goes to meet him, and she's staying in this hotel randomly, and she meets the love of her life who is just, like, a little bit younger than her. And a little quirky. This is reverse cars. It's reverse cars. Where Lightning McQueen ends up in a town that the... The highway bypassed and no one stays at the motel that Jennifer Aniston has anymore? No. And then he falls in love with this little town out in the middle of nowhere at this lady running a motel. Yeah, and it's Jennifer Lee. No, Janet Lee. Instead of Jennifer Aniston. No, it's Janet Lee instead of uh, Lightning Um, McQueen. Owen Wilson. Instead of Owen Wilson. And it's, uh, and it's, uh, instead of Jennifer Aniston, we have... It's Anthony Perkins. Anthony Perkins. I keep wanting to say Anthony Hopkins. Who is just so young in this. Yeah. He's a baby face. Yeah. Now. This was 50. Oh, no. Wow. 61 years ago. Oh, that's a long time ago there, bud. Yeah, it's older than me even. It's wild to think that. So we're watching something from 61 years ago. And I wonder about. And it's still relevant. It's still really good. But. If you look at 61 years before this was filmed. 1899? Yeah, like, you wouldn't have hotels in the middle of nowhere like this 
in well maybe in california this town would be a, a gold boom or something like that in our minds we're watching this and this is still so close to our understanding of the world you know they she goes to a car dealership she's staying in a motel but what did it look like 61 years before that nothing like this nothing there'd be no connection we're like oh well instead like right now we thought it was kind of funny because he brought her like a pitcher of milk and some bread and butter and some lettuce and stuff like that to eat like some random stuff it's supposed to be sandwiches but some like weird 1960 version of sandwiches but that's still food that we're sliced bread existed in 1960 i don't know that existed in 1899 it must have Earl of Sandwich came up with that, like, a long time ago. The Earl of Sandwich is not... Like, sliced bread... Like, the I, concept of slicing bread is one thing, but the concept of getting sliced bread in a pack... Yeah, I don't know when that started. Like, sliced... I mean, it was They should have thought of it as soon as the Earl of Sandwich was like, let's put this meat in bread. So... It was like Eureka. When I was in Scotland, it was very funny because when I was, like, 18 when I visited, and... All these people I met, like, a lot of people claimed that Scotland was the home of this, of, of fast food. And the claim, the reason why they they claim that they're the home of fast food, because I thought it was like, is it because you think McDonald's is also you? Like, because... It's we, Mick in it. It's got a Mick in it? That's yeah. kind of racist, guys. But anyway, no, it's because they invented the sausage roll. Which is a sausage inside of a pastry. Okay. And so they invented fast food. Okay. But then well, again, the Cornish like vi- invented pasties, which is the kind of same thing. It's like, here's something that has a lot of calories that you can eat so you can go work in the mines. Well, I'm going to make a stand right now when a okay. hot dog is a sandwich. It is not a sandwich. Why are you even starting this fight right now? It's meat in between bread. That's not a sandwich. A sandwich is something in between bread. Is a taco a sandwich? No, because it's not bread. It's... Are you saying tortilla is not bread? Tortilla is not bread. It's a type of bread? It is not bread. That is totally absurd. Bread because is bread. if someone said, would you like a sandwich, and they gave you a fucking taco, you'd be like, uh, what the hell? I'm sorry. John, if someone said, hey, John, do you want a sandwich? And you said, sure. And they gave you a fucking hot dog. Would you be like, this is a normal thing to get after someone asked me if I wanted a sandwich? If it was a sausage sandwich? No one in the world has ever said, would you like a sandwich and given you a hot dog? That is insane. A hot dog is a specific It is not a sandwich. Because the idea of the definition of a sandwich as including all things that that come between bread... Mm Mm-hmm. Is madness. It is not. It is. It is. A because, hot dog is a type because, of a Because, okay, okay, what about an open-faced sandwich? Still a sandwich, not between two slices of bread. Booyah, it's give me a op- thousand dollars. It's an open-faced sandwich. But it's got sandwich in the title, and you know That's what right. doesn't have sandwich in the title? Hot dogs. Hot dogs is a sandwich. It comes in a bun. It's bread. You're ridiculous. Subway is a sandwich, and it's exactly the same as a hot dog. It is not, because it's not a... You don't put a hot dog in there. But if you put a sausage in a Subway sandwich, you would still call it a Subway sandwich. If I put, like, turkey and cheese and lettuce and tomato and mayonnaise inside of a hot dog bun... Why would you put mayonnaise It would be a sandwich. Yeah. 
a, a hot dog is not a sandwich because when you put a hot dog in something, you make it the gross. hot dog takes over nope. what it is. Nope. And what I think is particularly torturous that you're doing this to me is that we're going to try for a baby soon, but once we get started trying, I can't eat hot dogs anymore. Well, that's good because hot dogs are disgusting. Hot dogs are delicious, and you need to get off my back about this because they're the perfect food, and there are different... They're lips and buttholes. Good. You know what? I'm helping maintain the planet because I'm using this extra material. I don't need to have breasts and legs of animals all the time. Sometimes I can have a ground-up anus. Only if it's covered in chili and cheese so you can't taste it. I can't eat chili except your chili. Real chili does not have tomatoes. I have a tomato intolerance. Real chili does not have tomatoes in it. That's how John seduced me originally, is that he made me chili, and I hadn't had chili in like three years, because when I couldn't stop being able to eat uh, tomatoes, I also couldn't eat chili anymore, because all chili has tomatoes, except for when John makes it, and he makes it with beans, and beans are good too. Okay, that's where I die. Authentic chili does not have tomatoes. It does not have beans either. This entire conversation... We have in the background Norman Norman Bates with like a giant owl going kaka <laughs> like with its arms out. It's fantastic. Let's keep let's keep going or we're gonna be at this forever. Hey John. Hi. She has decided from her creepy conversation with Mr. Bates to go fix what she's fucked up. Yeah. And she realizes that she can't do what she was thinking of doing. She's going to go back and try to fix it. I don't know how she's going to pay back the money for that car she bought, but she's going to do her best. Yeah, that was a lot of money. Yeah, and so Mr. Bates, so she goes back to her room. He's upset with her because she mentioned taking his mother to a home. Yeah. And she made the mistake of, of giving up her real name. Yeah, and he realized that she wrote a fake name in the Ooh. guest book. Fake ladies deserve to probably die. Now, you All haven't lies. seen the the movie that has the Vince Vaughn version. No. And so, in the movie that Vince Vaughn is in, they protracted the scene where he up, takes up a picture and is looking at her changing because Vince Vaughn fully comes. Oh. He masturbates to fruition. And in this one, he looks at her for a couple seconds and then goes off to the house. Yeah, where he will masturbate furiously. I hope so. Do you think old Janet's going to be okay? I don't think she's okay. No, Janet didn't make it. She had decided to go back. She was taking a shower to cleanse herself of all the things that she had done wrong. She was going to fix all the bad things. And then Mama comes over. Mama? Yeah, it was a woman, right? I don't know about that. It looked a lot like a woman to me. A woman showed up and she was like, stabbed old Janet, old maid Janet, a bunch of times in the shower. I don't think she's okay. No, that was a lot of blood for being okay. Yeah, and so we hear the screams of doodad over here. The, uh, what's his name? Doodad. Doodad. The bad guy. 
Norman? Norman is like, Mama, what'd you do? And runs to tell what's see what's happened. And a picture of a bird has fallen down off the wall. How appropriate. Very appropriate. All right. Should we continue? Yeah. Okay. So, a lot has happened. Has it? No, but I feel like a lot of time <laughs> has elapsed, and I felt like it was time to actually talk. And so... Yeah, so she, next... she floated off into the lake in her car. That's something. Well, yeah, it took about 10 minutes to to clean up the mess. And so yeah. um, Mr. Bates has cleaned up his mother's mess and has gotten rid of the body and cleaned up the room. And, th- oh, at the last minute he realized there was a newspaper full of $40,000. Yeah. And he threw the newspaper into the back of the trunk along with the body and everything else that he threw in there and put the, the car into the lake. Meanwhile... And not meanwhile, but I guess a few days later, little sis shows up at the hardware store where the boyfriend actually lives in the back of the hardware store. Yeah. Shockingly. <laughs> I was convinced that this piece of crap was actually... Like, how did she even meet this dude? And why is he going into Phoenix on business trips if he works at a hardware store? I don't know. Maybe he's a daughter hardware salesman. Maybe. I mean, it's odd. Maybe he owns it. In the sense that it was his father's hardware store, and now it's his hardware store, and that's where he makes his money. But he's got an ex-wife that's just taking all of his money. Yeah, as they do. Oh! Ex-wives. And he's got a 33-year-old girlfriend. See, he's a charity... I mean, like, he's a good guy. Yeah, like, Who else would take he? on a 33-year-old girlfriend? Oh! <laughs> you took on a 34-year-old one. I know. And now you're going to marry a 35-year-old hag. I'm a super nice guy. Oh! I think so, too. Oh, he's so good. So the sister showed up at the boyfriend's house to be like, where the heck is my sister? He's like, I don't know. And and at the same time, a private private eye, a private dick. An investigator. An investigator has shown up, and he's going to investigate the shit out of the Bates Motel. I don't know how I figured out he had to come here to look for her. I don't know either. Yeah, but he's 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 here. He's good at his job. Do you think he's going to make it? Oh, I don't know. I don't know either. It's been a while since I've seen the film again, so I don't know. Oh no, John! He was murdered. Do you want to pause it? It's great music. It's such good music, man. Yes. Like, you know it's murder. It was another old lady murder. Old lady? No, that was a guy. No, it was a it was a guy that was murdered by an old lady. A oh, wink. You think an old lady did it? Right? A wink. That's always the best, like, uh, cover. Like, do you think people thought it was the mother doing oh, the murders yes. when they watched? They're like, oh, this yeah. old lady's killing people. I guarantee you, yeah. Yeah, and so basically, the private eye has called the people, the sister and the boyfriend that are currently at this hardware store waiting. We have a shot right now looking at them just smoke everywhere because everyone's just smoking up a storm because it's the 60s, 50s, whatever. And so, like, I say 60s, 50s because it's the 50s, though it is 1960. It is the the 50s and everything else about this. The investigator has just gotten into the house because he wants to talk to the old lady. And he got got stabbed in the head and fell down the stairs. It's really well done. 
Yeah. Okay, so we're now with the... Now it's the sister and the boyfriend. Like, nice little meet-cute. This sister is young enough to maybe be worthy of marriage to this piece of crap. Yeah, she's not an old spinster yet. She's not an old spinster, so maybe he'll want to marry her. Yeah. So let's find out what happens. Mama Bates poisoned her lover when she found out he was married. Yeah. And then, quote, killed herself. <laughs> quotation mark, quotation mark, quotation You're quoting mark. it like it didn't actually happen. Ten years ago. So this was the great twist. What's interesting is there's no music to be like, Wah! No, you just have to let it sink in. And- yeah, you just have to sink in like, oh, wait. We've been seeing the mom killing everybody this whole time. Yeah. It has to be. But she's been dead for 10 years. (gasps) We just had like a very sensual moment. You found it sensual? Between Bates and the boyfriend. (laughs) Well, he's a charmer. I know. They were just kind of like, Bates was just like into it. Yeah. So the boyfriend is trying to distract Bates while the sister is trying to f- go talk to the old woman. Uh, it's great when you split the party. It always ends well when you split up, right, John? <laughs> always. Always. She's going off to find the mother to ask questions to because she can handle a sick old woman. Yeah. Well, can she? Just no sick old woman, though. Oh, well, <laughs> don't poke me. All right, let's figure it out. That really seemed to surprise you. The guy got hit in the head. Yeah. The boyfriend got hit in the head. The sister has been looking in the house. She found the mother's room, which has a... It's very opulent and has a divot in the be- in this four-poster bed. Yeah. Where her body is. But she's not there. No. Then she finds a creepy child's room full of toys and a creepy gross cot. Like, not even a bed, but a creepy cot. Yeah. With, like, a gross... Like, it's like, it probably was a nice quilt a million years ago. But how do you have a four-poster bed for yourself and a creepy cot for your kid? I don't know. I don't think this Mrs. Bates is very nice, but maybe we'll get to meet her soon. Yeah, maybe. Cool. It is over. It was good. Of course it was good. It's psycho. The mom wasn't really alive. Or was she? No, she was a ghost. <laughs> no, she was a skeleton. Yes, but she was living in his brain. In rent his brain. Free. You know, like, I love that expression, like, you're letting people live rent-free in your mind, and that is what Norman Bates' issue was. Yes. But apparently it wasn't the mother that did the murder-suicide, it was Norman that did the murder-murder. Oh. Yes, he was, a, he was mad that mommy got a boyfriend. Well, wouldn't you be? No. Oh. I think that'd be great. My mom got met a guy. It'd be nice. Oh yeah, my mom has a boyfriend too. Yeah, it's that's okay. Nice. I don't have to kill him. No, Dick's a nice oh. guy. Yeah. The scene of the reveal: the sister finds the body. It's it's very well done too. So well done, and then immediately, Norman shows up, and he looks. It's interesting because the, we had the horror show of every, every time of like him appearing as the mother. You couldn't see the face, and it was always sudden. You get attacked. But this time you see the kind of ridiculousness of him in this outfit, his mother's yeah. clothes with a wig on. And and when he grabs him 
Like, the wig falls off, the dress comes open. Like, for the people who are like, is that him? The boyfriend, (laughs) yeah, the boyfriend that was hit in the back of the head woke up immediately because that's what happens when you get hit in the back of the head. Yeah. Which is pretty accurate, thank you. Yeah. Thank you to Alfred Hitchcock. Boyfriend beats him up and grabs him and the guy freaks out because... You know, he's not a strong man. He's a jump up at you when you're taking a shower in order to murder you kind of guy. Yeah. He's a surprise killer. Of ladies. I mean, he did kill the private eye. Oh, yeah. But that's just like dumb luck. Jumping down the stairs. Yeah. I mean, he was really lucky. It was a surprise. And so, luckily, the surpriser became the surprisee. Yeah. And now he's surprised that he got caught. It is super pouring rain outside. It is. That started very quickly. Yeah, it smells really nice. It finally gets been so hot and humid, and now it's finally breaking. Yes, things escalated quickly. Were you very scared? I was not very scared. I wasn't either. I think I would have been if I wasn't recording a podcast and hadn't seen this like four times. Yeah, that probably has a little bit to it. But I don't think it's so much recording the podcast. I think mm-hmm. it's that you've seen it four times. Now, next week's movie is pretty scary. Oh, yes, because next week we're starting the camping series. Yes. We're going camping next week. Yes. And so we're starting a camping series in which we're watching movies about camping. Yeah, to get you primed and ready to be out in the woods where you're not safe. We have a series of, is it three movies on in a row? I believe so. I think that's what we have planned. That's what we have planned. We have a three-movie arc, one of which we're filming while we're camping next weekend, maybe before, we'll figure we it out. We probably have to do it before. Um, but we are going camping, and that will be Friday the 13th. Yes, the original, original. The orridge. And then we are going to be filming in between camping and the wedding. Yep. Which is quite soon. Yeah, it's coming up fast. We're E36? What? What, is it? what are we, what, EC3? R-E-C-3. R-E-C-3. Okay, I'm sorry. You act like I'm the crazy person. When you are crazy. Okay. Uh, not untrue. I did take my meds, though, so it's nice. <laughs> and so, by the way, meds, great. It just takes the edge off, guys. Just take them. <laughs> Anxiety, depression, just take the edge off, babes. You don't have to be a hero. Uh, and then we're watching Cabin in the Woods while we're on our honeymoon in a cabin in the woods. That is correct. That's going to be awesome. It's going to be great. And then we're watching all the Supernaturals. That is... That's separate. It's not cabins. Though, Supernatural, most of it's in the woods anyway, or like in cabins. There's a lot of stuff in cabins and also woods. So we're going to be good. Final brews, brews of the evening. I switched to my house wine, Rosé Bubbles. And house wine, it's called the original house wine, American carbonated wine. It comes in a beautiful pink can. Way better. First of all, the flavor is so much better than Dark Horse. It's way more carbonated. The, it's a lighter color pink. It is the original house wine. Very tasty. I recommend it. Oh, and I finished off with Razor Gang from Surly Brewing. Still finishing off from our trip to Wisconsin, all the beers we had. But that's yeah. a really good Irish stout. Mm. I'm a sucker for a good stout. Gross's Corner. Not too much gross, but I think what was gross was remembering that Vince Vaughn masturbated in the original, in his remake of the original. I didn't see that. I thought- you didn't see that, but I did. And that watching Vince Vaughn masturbate while looking through people was gross. Well, seeing Norman Bates' mom 
her mummified corpse kind of in yeah. chair was the gross thing. I was always kind of obsessed with corpses and stuff like that. So that was pretty cool. Also gross, that motel that they were boning in at the beginning when she's begging this dude to marry her. And he's like, no, what are you, crazy? I, I have debt. As if you don't... Like, she has a job. They could be yeah. married and she could still have a job. Right, John? Yeah. Can I just not have a job and you can do we'll the have, job? Have a job. Do I have to have a job? Have a job. Okay, fine. Whatever. I guess I'll keep working. So that's Gross's Corner. That's uh, Brews Brews. And that's Psycho. And that's Psycho, everybody. Well, stay scared. And stay married. Goodbye. The intro and outro of our podcast is Fire and Ice Rock Mix by Stefan Kartenberg. Copyright 2017. Licensed under a Creative Commons Attribution Sharealike license. Thank you, Stefan.